0: I love you, Lord, for your mercy never fails me. All my days, I've been held in your hand. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head. Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that your goodness keeps running after us. We thank you for loving us with an everlasting love. We thank you for angelic assistance. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you that we can call you Father. And because you are our Father, we can never be disadvantaged in this life. Because you are our Father, we enjoy of your generosity. Because you are our Father. Our days are filled with joy and laughter. And most importantly, we thank you that you call us your children. We pray Christ alone will be exalted in our discussion tonight. In the name of our Lord Jesus, Amen. Uh, we thank God for yet another day to continue our study. And we started off last week by looking at Remember Lord's Wife remember Lord's wife. And I said that this is a scripture I had seen several years growing up and it never really <laughs> made sense to me that much. But in a few days I've been really learning a lot on why Jesus gave that emphatic instruction, that emphatic command that we should remember Lord's wife. So let's just go back to our scripture that we have been perusing for this series, which is in Luke chapter seventeen. Last episode we read the whole of it, including um, Genesis, where the actual thing happened, which is Genesis chapter 19. But let's just start off from Luke chapter 17 again. Um, let's start from the verse 26. Just as it was in the days of Noah, so also will it be in the days of the Son of Man. People were eating, drinking, marrying, and giving into marriage. Up to the day Noah entered the ark, so Noah was the time, was the clock. His entrance of the ark is what released judgment. Up until the time, or up until the day Noah entered the ark, then the flood came and destroyed them all. It was the same in the days of Lot. People were eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building. So the Bible just given us the activities people engaged in eating, drinking, over <laughs> the top <cup> two, <laughs> and planting and building. But the day Lot left Sodom, fire and sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them. It will be just like this day, on the day the Son of Man is revealed. Take note of the words of Jesus. It will just be like this day. It will just be like this, on the day the Son of Man is revealed. So verse 31, and he said, On that day, no one who is on top of the house, or no one who is on that day, no one who is on the housetop with possessions inside, should go down to get them. Likewise, no one who is in the field should go back for anything. And he ended by saying, Remember Lot's wife. Luke 17, verse 32. Remember Lot's wife. But let's just read on verse 33. Whosoever tries to keep his life will lose it, and whosoever loses his life will preserve it. I tell you that on that night, two people will be on one bed one will be taken and the other left behind two men will be grinding green together one will be taken and the other left behind where lord the asked he, he replied where there is a dead body the vultures i love the responses of jesus but we're just looking at remembering what's why so let's go to genesis 19 where the thing happened real life <laughs> genesis 19 ideally you should be reading from verse 1 to the verse 26 and we did that last week but i want us to just start from the verse 15 verse 15 with the coming of dawn the angels heard lot saying hurry take your wife and your two daughters who are here or you will be swept away when the city is punished when he hesitated the man grabs his hand and the hands of his wife and his two daughters and led them safely out of the city for the lord was merciful unto them. May the Lord be merciful unto us in Jesus' name. As soon as they brought them out, one of them said, Flee for your lives, one, do not look back to and do not stop anywhere in the plain. Flee to the mountains, or you'll be swept away. But Lord said, um, yes, we all know what Lord said. I read it last week, but let's just look at what happened. That's from the verse 25. Thus he overthrew those cities and the entire plain, destroyed all those living in the cities and also the vegetation in the land. Verse 26. But Lot's wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt. And look at the next verse. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and returned to the place where he stood before the Lord and looked down towards Sodom and Gomorrah, towards all the land of the plain. And he saw dense smoke arising from the land like a smoke from the furnace. It's interesting that what Lot's wife looked at was the same thing Abraham also looked at. So you know that as they were journeying, Lot turned back to see how the destruction was going on. And immediately she turned to the pillar. So the next verse is that the following morning Abraham also arose and stood at the place he was always standing to see where, where he could see Sodom and Gomorrah. And he looked at the city. But for him, he didn't turn into a pillar of salt. So the issue is not necessarily about looking at the city, but the issue is what you want to pay tonight. So last week, so I remember last week, I was asking you that if there should be a fire in your house, God forbid, (laughs) what are the things you should rescue? (laughs) So I was trying to answer that question myself and I gave my own self a list. And interestingly, when I finished giving myself a list, I realized that I left one of the most important things in my life. And it just shows how short-sighted we can be so one of the most important things which many of us i don't even think to occur to us is our certificates so if you have completed university, university certificates all your certificates because they are very important if you have done further studies so i read that when i gave my list certificate was not packed <laughs> Hi. so i asked the last thing that what i most value possessions <laughs> for some of us is just our clothes our one or two pair of shoes and our makeups. <laughs> but please add your certificate, okay? It's very important. So, Jesus was saying that when the day is revealed, if you're on top of your house, do not go down to take anything because there's nothing in your house more valuable than your life. And He's saying that if you are in the field and that day is revealed, do not go back home. Because there's nothing in your house more valuable than your life, and this is where I want to think of from tonight. There is nothing more valuable than your life. You see, it's so sad to see the way some of us we take our life for granted, the gift of life. We downplay the investments that God made in qualifying us to see another day. Jesus is letting us know that that day when He appeared, there is nothing that you have. That is more important than yourself. So, in fact, it simply supposes that we should rather invest in who we become than what we have. Because it is what you become that determines what you would have. So if you become an excellent footballer, I don't want to mention Lionel like, no, Messi before they see you and I'll go fancy angry. Neither do I want to mention zero before the Lionel like, no, Messi fans get angry. Be that we are in the middle, we are in good look at this fans. <laughs> But he's letting us know that the reason why these people have what they have is because of who they have become. And sadly for us, that is not what we are investing our lives into. Many of us are not investing ourselves into becoming something. We are only concerned about having something. That is why for us, the only thing that will occur to us is let me go and pick my gadgets. Let me go and pick my this. Let me go and pick my that. Forgetting that all these things are dependent on your existence on this life value your life value the body god has given you and your life consists of your body your soul and your spirit so value all these three components that is why you should not be lazy that is why you should not be an alcoholic that is why you should not be a smoker because all these things destroy your body which is undermining the importance of the life God gave you. And Jesus is saying that Lot's wife did not value her life. She valued what was in Sodom and Gomorrah more than her life. Look at the investments you are making over the past 20 years, over the past 10 years, over the past 5 years. Are you investing in becoming someone, in becoming the person God has ordained you to become? Or you are rather obsessed? about having things. So for many of us, our year will not be successful if we don't have this, if we don't have this. Forgetting that God is working on us. The Bible says he works in us both to will and to do. God's agenda is ourselves, not the things we get. That is why Jesus again said that a man's life doesn't consist in the abundance of the things he gathers. These are not the things that define your life. These are a a result of who you become. That is why people say, I've heard motivational speakers or whoever say things like, people like Bill Gates and the billionaires, they can never become poor. Because even if they should lose everything they have, as long as they still exist, as long as they have been molded into who they are today, in less than a few months, in less than few years, they will get back everything that was lost, and that was taken away from them. It's because they have become somebody. And for example, Africa, this is an experiment I really want us to try. I'm writing a letter to iri that if you should switch continents... If the people in Africa, Africans should move to Europe and we should bring all the Europeans to Africa, in less than 10 years, that's me being generous, we will destroy Europe and the Europeans will rebuild Africa. In fact, they will make Africa better than Europe because we have the resources that Europe does not have. Because the Europeans have invested in becoming a certain group of people that think. As for us, you know, become political or... (laughs) But you see that these people have something, they have become something. So no matter where they find themselves, even if they find themselves in a the place where it's always tormented by hurricanes and tsunamis and tsunamis, they have been able to survive and succeed more than us that have arable good lands. We have land that even if you sow a seed on a rock in Africa, it will grow. But it's because we are not invested in becoming something. We are rather just obsessed about going for loans, obsessed about getting these things, forgetting that we are supposed to invest into building ourselves because all these other things we are hunting and panting for and killing each other for and envious of each other is a result of we becoming sad. So he's saying that on that day, there is nothing in your life more precious than your life. And he says that remember, Lord's wife, they value alive and last week i gave you um important things or important statements that lot's wife made without words but by actions of looking back to look back is to compare your life to where you have been delivered from which is an insult to god to look back is to yearn to go back to slavery is to yearn to eat that pig's food remember the story of the prodigal son to look back, it means to have misplaced mis- priorities. And know what I dealt with. That the main priority in your life is your life. Your main priority should be serving God's purpose for your generation. What are the things that are obsessing your mind? Is it about when you get married? How you meet Mr. Right or Mrs. Right or how you buy that car? Look at your ambitions. If I look at your... Your New Year Resolution is all about getting something. How many of us in our New Year Resolutions do we state things that we want to become? I want to become more patient in this year. I want to become more forgiving. I want to smile more. I want to become more cheerful. I want to become more prayerful. All our New Year Resolution is I want to have mercy. To look back is to have misplaced parity. To look back is not to look forward. And I explained this last week that you can't look up with one eye and look down with another eye. So immediately you look back, it means that you are not looking forward. It means that you are not anticipating the good God has for you. Because if you know that God is delivering you from Sodom and Gomorrah, God is delivering you from the captivity in Egypt. He's taking you into a land flowing with milk and honey. But because you are not anticipating the good land God has for you, you are always yearning to look back. Because you don't know and you are not engrafted in your heart that the thoughts our Father things towards us, they are for good and not of evil. They are to bring us to an expected end. To look back is not to anticipate the land flowing with milk and honey. To look back is still to last and yet, after their life in Sodom and Gomorrah, to look back means that your appetites have not yet changed. So, you remember the Israelites, they still craved for the cucumbers, but the lettuce, the carrots, the vegetables they were eating in Egypt, neglecting and despising the manna that God was giving to them, the good water that God brought out of rocks, the meat and the quail that God was raining down to them. Their appetite has not yet changed. And this is one thing that is really affecting us. Many people, even though we have expressed faith in Jesus Christ, our desires have not changed. Our appetites have not changed. Our priorities have not changed. So we are still yearning after the old life and that's what it means to become friends with the world we still have an affinity the songs you used to sing they still trigger you the movies you used to watch they still have the way of stimulating you the places you used to go when you see people going there you are still yearning for that life but this evening even as we listen to the word of God may God kill every evil appetite may God kill every appetite every lust of Egypt of Sodom and Gomorrah in our lives in the name of our Lord Jesus may God work in us good to will and to do according to your own good pleasure. Colossians tells us, Colossians 3, that if you are raised with Christ, set your affection on things above. He said, because now you have been delivered from Egypt, because now you have been delivered from Sodom and Gomorrah, set your affection, invest your desires into the promised land, invest your desires into the land that God has given you outside of Sodom and Gomorrah because he has delivered you. said, If then you will be risen with Christ, set your affection, you must set it. You must desire after spiritual things. How many of us really pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation? These are not our prayer topics. Look at the prayers Paul prayed throughout the epistles the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of thee that we will be filled with the knowledge of god that we would avail ourselves that the mighty workings of god might flow through us he said for this cause i bow my knees to the father of our lord jesus christ whom the whole heaven whom the whole family on earth and heaven is named that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will these are the things that we should invest into but because we are looking back that's why Jesus again said that some things you are praying for, these are the prayer topic of unbelievers in Matthew chapter 6, saying that praying for what you would eat, what you would wear, and what you would drink, they are the prayer list of unbelievers. So you pray the same prayer, it simply means that your desires have not changed. As a believer, your prayer topic should not include this. That is what Jesus said in Matthew 6. So please don't come and attack me that, hey, he says, we should say, give us this our daily bread. I'm aware And we're supposed to ask for our daily bread give us this day our daily bread. It's something that you should be asking for. It's not something you should invest your attention, your emotions on. And look at, go through the things you have prayed for in the year 2021. And I can assure you that more than 95% things you prayed for are similar to unbelievers. You don't pray to know the will of God for your life. How many of you have prayed that God should give you wisdom? How many of you have prayed that God should direct your path for His will for your life? How many of you have prayed that God should give you the grace to be doers of the way. How many of us have prayed that God should give you the grace to be humble, to be joyful, to walk and manifest the fruit of the Spirit? How many of us have these things on our books? How many of us in that for souls? How many of us pray for our colleagues, pray for our siblings, pray for our relatives that they will be saved? If then you are risen with Christ, set your affection on things above. And the last thing, which is the part of our study, is that not looking back, Means that she accepted the deliverance, but she didn't accept the lordship. So, you remember as we were reading, the Bible said that the angel gave them three instructions that flee out of this country, do not look back. And the other one was, um, that is the verse 19. It says that, yeah, the verse 17. So, it said, flee for your lives, do not look back, and do not stop anywhere in the plains. These were the three instructions that the angels gave to them. Flee for your lives. Do not look back and do not stop. And I just said so that God is speaking to someone. Flee for your life. Do not look back and do not stop. So you see, what Lot's wife did was that she accepted the deliverance of these people, but she did accept their instruction. And you see, that's the funny thing about disobedience. You always don't see the correlation between the act and the result. No, how can eating of a fruit cause you to die? That's why when people looked at the tree, he said, this tree well, will make me wise and desirable for food. How can eating of a fruit be linked to death? You see, that's the thing about sin. Sin always gives you a delusion. You are not able to see the direct correlation between the act of sin and the result it produces. After all, what harm is it if I just sleep with this lady for tonight? You see, that's why many many most Ghanaians and Africans, they travel outside, they live different lives. It was in Ghana, in Africa, they have classmates they have people who are always watching out to them people who know them but this same when they go to you know, they live totally wonderful lives <laughs> wonderful in negative sense so they now become promiscuous because you know, nobody is watching them the white lady they will sleep with they won't meet the person anywhere or the canadian or the kenyan or the ugandan the people that they will sleep with while they are schooling in china or schooling in ukraine or schooling in Canada, they won't meet them anywhere because after the study, they are likely to come back or they would stay there. But many people do not include feel free to do this in Ghana or in Africa or in home because they know that hey, this person, I can meet this person in the neighborhood and this person will be a friend to my friend. But when they find themselves in a strange land, <laughs> then they do strange things. <laughs> That's just by the way. So the issue was that we can't be find the correlation between the act of disobedience and its results, that is why many of us downplay the effect of sin. So the angels that do not look back, what is the correlation between looking back and turning into a pillar of salt? I don't think even Achaemides can draw a relationship <laughs> or write an equation between looking back and turning into a pillar of salt. That's one of the things I like to call the deceit the deceitfulness of sin. Sin deceives you. That's what I What harm is it? My boss, he won't even notice if a thousand cities is not missing. So at the end, me, I need their money. He doesn't need their money. So if I stole the thousand cities, after all, he's going to use the money to go and give to some small, small girls (laughs) that come around in the office. It is not an excuse enough. Unfortunately, (laughs) sometimes it can be very painful. I know you need the thing for something serious. And you just see your boss or your superior giving the money to small girls who come to the office. You're like, I'm going personal. <laughs> but please, is not personal. <laughs> but they happen, we know. <laughs> we relate to people. Mm-hmm. So sometimes that's one thing that sin deceives us. To, to believe that what harm is it if I do this thing right? Like, what harm is it? But you see, the issue is not the act per se or how serious or unserious the act is. But the issue is that it's a disobedience to the instructions that the angel gave. So the reason why she turned into a pillar of swords was not because looking at Sodom and Gomorrah makes you into a pillar of swords. Because Abraham looked into that same city. But the issue was that she disobeyed an instruction. She disobeyed an instruction. The instruction was given to Lot, the wife, and the two daughters. It wasn't given to Abraham. So she looking back was an act of disobedience. And see, so this is a very sad reality that's happened in our lives. Many of us accept Jesus as our Savior, but not as our Lord. Mm. Many of us accept Jesus as our Deliverer, as our Conqueror, as our Waymaker but not as our Lord. Jesus does not, or the word of God is not able to inconvenience us. The word of God is not able to instruct us. The word of God is not able to mold us. The word of God is not able to rebuke us. The word of God is not able to correct us. The word of God is not able to break us down because we only see the word of God as our Savior, but not our Lord. And what Lord's wife failed to realize is that what she was told to do was not easy. She, she She didn't mind Experiencing the deliverance from Sodom and Gomorrah or the judgment that was coming upon Sodom and Gomorrah, but she didn't want to listen to the voice of the angel. And this is the way many people are in the church. You see, one day I was, I think I was at work and I was in an office and the colleagues were talking. And you see how I think two of them were talking about some wonderful promiscuous act they did over the weekend, something like that. And just immediately they finished the conversation. Then the man <laughs> that he was giving his rundown was like, ah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We start our week. I just raised my head. I was looking into my laptop and working. I just raised my head. We are finished exploring. <laughs> and you are now going to Thank you, Lord Jesus. Even as I, you are committing your week into God's life. And this is many people are, especially in Ghana, especially in Africa. I don't know. For some reason, we think that God is, I don't know. We think we can live our lives anyhow and just proclaim the deliverance or the (laughs) saviour and we will be okay. You will be amazed to know that in quotes the depth of revelation (laughs) fornicators, adulterers, money lovers, greedy people, envious people know because they go to church because they accept Jesus as their saviour but not as their Lord. These same people, they know how to apply and proclaim and decree and declare. They know how to use the name of Jesus, but they don't know how to subject their lives to Jesus. That's why it's so sad, especially in Ghana, that we claim we are a religious nation, a, sorry, a Christian nation, but every office you go into, you don't smell the savour of Christ. You smell the savour of corruption, of greed, of envy of money-lap, of haters, of adulterers, of fornicators. But like all of us step on church, all of us are leaders in church, all of us participate actively in church activities. May God not just be our Savior, but may God in God. If God says, get up, may we get up. If God says, keep quiet, may we keep quiet. If God says, sleep, may we sleep. In the name of our Lord Jesus. We just want to end as we look at a practical example. I think last week or in a previous episode I gave you this man called Judas how he didn't mind working with Jesus for about three years but it was this same man that without blinking could freely sell his master and you ask yourself that for that three and a half years he was working with Jesus, his heart was not changed but let's look at another guy called Papa, <laughs> no this not a Papa called Mr. Herod in Mark chapter 6 verse 16 Mark 6, verse 16, and I'll be reading following. So, but when Herod heard this, he said, John whom I beheaded has risen from the dead he heard about Jesus. For Herod himself had given orders to have John arrested and had him bound and put in prison. He did this because Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, whom he married, he married his brother's wife. For John had been saying to Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife verse 19 so herodias nursed a grudge against john and wanted to kill him but she wasn't able to do so another another series for another day (laughs) verse 20 because herod feared john and protected him knowing him to be a righteous and a holy man when herod heard john he was greatly puzzled and in verse 20, was that finally, an opportune time came. That was when it was his birthday. And the daughter of Herod's came to dance. And the king said, ask anything, said, up to half of my kingdom. Then she too, she went. The only thing she could ask for was for the head of somebody. But what I want us to notice is the mood <laughs> of Herod in the verse 20. Herod feared John. Why did he fear John? Because he knew John was a righteous and a holy man. And when he heard John speak, he was puzzled, yet he liked listening to him. This is the let's, let's see how the King James put this very, very enlightening passage. Mark chapter 6 from verse 16 following. But let's just focus on um, the statement of or what um, Herod did. That's verse 20. For Herod feared John, knowing that he was a just and a holy man, and observed him when he heard him. He did many things and heard him gladly. This Herod is a typology of many of us in the church. Herod loved to hear John but he did not like to obey his instructions. So it is according to history he that almost every day in the evening, Herod would call for John and John will come and sit down. John will be talking to him, talking to him. He said he liked to hear John but whenever John brought up the issue about him taking his brother's wife, as for that one year, he did not listen. And this is the way many of us are. You'll be amazed to know that people in church who are holding on to bitterness, who are holding on to grudges, who are holding on to pride, who are holding on to outcomes. But these people, they love the Word of God. They love to sing. They love to participate in church activities. But they do not love for the Word of God to change them. So that says that, that Herod feared John. Herod knew. That John was a righteous man and a holy man, and he loved to hear you preach. He loved to hear you preach. He loves to hear the word of God, but he does not love to do the word of God. Remember, in last the last episode we did about the about who is your neighbor, who is my neighbor, the instruction of Jesus says, go and do likewise. And to amaze you, the people in church that love coming to church but they make no effort in obeying the word of God to them. So people wake up straight from the bed of fornication, they go to church, they clap, they worship, they pray, they do everything and they return back to that bed. The word of God just does not change them. And what they don't realize is that if they keep walking on that path, they're on the path of Judas, the path where you love the word, you love to be associated with the word, it's just a matter of time. You will betray Jesus, but may that never be our portion in the name of our Lord Jesus. For Herod loved to hear the word, but he did not change. We want to spend some time in prayer. That Father, in the name of Jesus, may we not just accept you as our Savior. May we not accept you just as our Deliverer. May we not just accept you as our Waymaker, but may we accept you as the Lord over our lives in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray for grace that we will accept you as our Lord. Peter says unto us that sanctify the Lord your God in your hearts. Father may we sanctify you as Lord in our hearts. You are not just our Savior, you are just not our deliverer, you are not just our our provider, you are not just our healer, but you are the master over our lives. You are the Lord over our lives. You are the custodian of our lives. If you tell us to sleep, may we sleep. If you tell us to walk, may we walk. If you tell us to arise, may we arise. If you tell us to pray, may we pray, Father, may we make ourselves malleable, may the word of God prove us, may the word of God correct us, for those of us who are still holding on to unforgiveness, Father, we pray for the release of grace, that we will let go of every bitterness, we will let go of every greed, some of us who are still in church, and yet still we steal from the state, because maybe and in the government office, while you are condoning and you are endorsing wicked and evil and selfish acts. May the word of God tonight change your heart in the name of Jesus. Those of us who are not doing our work with diligence because we want to find another way to raise money using the resources of our company. May the word of God change us in the name of Jesus. May we be faithful and honest people. May we be true people. May we not be gossipers. May we not be liars. May we not be thieves. May we not be fornicators. May we not be covetous people. May we not be lovers of men. Lovers of money. Lovers of pleasure. More than lovers of God. Father, may the word of God change our hearts. May the word of God change our taste parts. Father, since we have been raised together with God, we set our affection on things above in the name of our Lord Jesus. May the word of God find the of inconvenience in us. Father, may the word of God have meat in our lives. May the word of God have the preeminence in our life. Father, we pray for the grace, Lord to be doers of the word. We pray for the grace Lord to obey your word, for the blessing comes in obedience. The blessing comes doing the word. Every spirit of Herod in our hearts, every spirit of Judas in our life, may be taken away from us in the name of our Lord Jesus. Just as in Mary to the servants at the wedding of Canaan. so you are telling us tonight that whatever he says for us to do, we may do it in the name of of our Lord Jesus, Amen. Now, yeah. we thank God for renewing our Lord. We thank God for refreshing us with his word. Even as we draw the curtains down to do remember Lord's wife. Whenever you just accept the deliverance of God, the saving power of God, and reject his Lordship, may you remember Lord's wife. For whoever puts his hand to the plow and looks back, there is no worth of the kingdom. It is never be our story because every day of our life we are looking forward. We are giving God our very best, and we are only no man, nothing but love. See you next week, and I can I know that by now we are all having a Christmas, but please enjoy the season. Enjoy the season. See you next week, and bye bye.